gentle shepherd, come and lead us, for we need you to help us find our Amen. Appreciate that uh, song. We do need the shepherd to guide us. And, uh, and so we're here tonight and we're asking him to feed us as well. And so I'm glad to see you tonight. Brother Dave, if he didn't have uh, Browning there, if he didn't have mechanical hips, when Pastor said that um, I was preaching tonight, he would have made it out if he wasn't so slow. Um, but he, he was making way for the door and he just couldn't get out quick enough. And so, uh, but uh, I'm glad you're here tonight and um, looking forward to what the Lord has in store for us. Uh, guys, you can go ahead and put that uh, up if you don't mind. Um, go ahead and turn in your hymnal to 429. 429 in your hymnal. Uh, very familiar passage here this evening, or uh, song. And um, you're usually turning in your Bibles, and so I'm, uh, I'm there, I'm stuck on passage. But um, these Christmas carols, they're so packed full, the old Christmas carols, so packed full of biblical truth, and we're so thankful for that. Songs today are often so shallow and meaningless, and I'll repeat the same thing over and over again without much help to us. But we see there, in Hark the Herald Angels Sing, 429, Christ, verse number two, just read along these words here, Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as men with men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Emmanuel being God with us. And as you look through these songs, if you, it doesn't take much looking at all. You begin to look through the Christmas carols. You'll see phrases like this repeated regularly. God 
in flesh. God revealed. Here we see him now among us. And that's an amazing truth. The incarnation. Now, that's not a biblical word uh, necessarily as far as if you look it up, you're not going to find incarnate. Um, But we have uh, this presented to us here in doctrine that Jesus became flesh, that God became flesh and dwelt among us. And uh, we see that here. We're going to look at this idea of what the incarnate deity actually means for us tonight and, and what we see in that. In John chapter 1, verse 14, if you look there this evening, you see it up on the screen. John chapter 1, in verse number 14, we know, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Incarnate, this, this combination of God in man's flesh. And it's so hard to understand, uh, that, to see that picture. You know, we, we understand the principle and the concept, but it's an amazing thing. And is that not the response of all those that witnessed the birth of Jesus Christ? They were amazed. They wondered at what they had seen. It, it blew their mind, and, and it ought to blow our minds tonight as we consider who Jesus Christ is and, and what that truly means for us. And, and really tonight, I, I hope that you've got your, your thumb to turn quickly, all right? And I've even come armed with snicker bars, all right? And we're going to do a little bit of sword drilling tonight, and we're going to move through. I'm going to put these out here to entice, all right? Can you see them? All right, there we go, all right? Are you counting them all? Do you see them? That's how many points I have, so brace for impact. No, I'm just... <laughs> all right. Um, let's go ahead and look this evening, first of all. What, is, what does this look like? And, and what we need to do is we're going to look at who Jesus Christ is and that it wasn't just a, a happenstance. This is something that we can trace from the beginning of what we hold here in our hands, of what we hold to be true and near and dear to our hearts. God was foretelling that one day this would happen and how it would happen, and what it would look like, and the fact that it happened, and how it happened, the impact that it has on our our lives. God in flesh, Jesus Christ. And so first this evening, we'll see Jesus Christ as a man. Would you look in Genesis? Nope, don't look. Swords up. By the binding. Genesis 3.15, repeat it after me, ready? Genesis 3.15. Charge. Uh, Daniel. All right, good job, Daniel. Miss Mindy was up first, but she cheated. She prepped her Bible. I got eyes. I see you. So does God. All right. Genesis 3.15, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Here we have Adam and Eve on the, on the, uh, right after, and the, and the punishment has just been dealt. I still remember those days as a child. Now I recall those a little bit differently as I deal with my own children. And I take that moment after I've disciplined, after I maybe have issued out a correction and I stop and I talk with them. And, and I show them the hope forward and I show them that I still love them and 
that this isn't the end of the world and you just need to learn and you can move forward and there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And here, this is what's happening, I believe, with God and Adam and Eve. And he's, he's expressing to them all of the consequences of their sin. And, but wrapped up in this consequence is the greatest hope. That there would be a deliverer. That one day, a man would come. And you see specifically there, it shall bruise thy head, and thou, speaking of mankind, you, people, human nature, thou shalt bruise his heel. And we know that one day Jesus Christ, the man, would be hung on a physical cross because he came to this physical earth and his feet would be spiked through. He would come in flesh as a man, Jesus Christ incarnate. Not only as a man as far as human nature, but as a man, not a beast. Yes, there would be a period of sacrifice that the lamb would be used, the spotless lamb would be brought out, and the sacrifice would be offered. That blood would be shed. But it wouldn't be the blood that would sustain. It, wouldn't, it couldn't solve all of the consequences of the law. And we'll look at that as we move forward, but one day the spotless Lamb of God would come that could take away the sins of the world. And so there wouldn't be a, 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 a sacrifice required of animals. It would be the sacrifice of Jesus Christ once for all. And we see this as a man, Jesus Christ. We consider incarnate. He was a man, humankind. He was a man, male in nature. He was a man, not an animal. And he would come as the incarnate God. Emmanuel, Christ with us. What a, an amazing thing that right at the beginning, right when the fall of mankind takes place, it's already laid out. The plan. Jesus Christ, he's going to come. I'm not going to leave you hopeless. I'm not going to leave you in this position. I'm not going to leave you constantly striving for something. It's a shame when religion turns us back to working for something that from the beginning Christ has already relieved. Taken away the burden and the struggle of. I mean, how many doors have you knocked on of hopeless people that have responded with, I'm A, depending on what they've done, or I'm pretty good, or it will outweigh. But God has a plan the incarnate Jesus Christ, and he's going to come as man. And he's going to be bruised by the hands of men, hung on a cross. Secondly, this evening, as we consider the incarnate Jesus Christ, we see that he would come to a nation. Genesis chapter 22. Where you at? Wake back up again. All right. All right. Genesis 22, 18. Ready? Ah, uh, no cheat. Charge! <laughs> Go. Charge. Start. Dean. Oh, he lost it. All right. I'm going with Abby over here. All right. Good job. Coming in hot. All right. There it is. Almost caught. Oh, she did catch it off the bounce. Genesis 22, 18. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Here in Genesis chapter 22, we have Jacob giving the final blessings to his sons. We know Jacob also as 
His other name? Israel. All right, thank you. All right, we're all together now. So we have Jacob, a nation who's going to become Israel, and he's giving his, his blessing to his children, and he comes to his son. What tribe does Judah? All right. And, uh, and so uh, we're going to get there in just a moment, but we have Jacob, Israel, giving his blessing to his sons, and he, or, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm ahead. This is Abraham, and he's getting a blessing from God. I've already jumped to the next one, so you got a preview of that. Abraham is getting blessed by God in his seed, and from his seed is going to come this Savior. All the nations of the earth will be blessed because of the seed of Abraham. And so we have Jesus Christ incarnate, prophesied, coming to a nation. Specifically, we know we can look back in Scripture, even through the Old Testament, and those that were in the New Testament, as it was taking place, could look back here as well. And they could see that a part of the tribe of Israel, or a part of the tribe of Abraham, would come the seed. And this would be the Savior of the world. We're building here to a point, and I want you to follow along with these things here. So we have, first of all, a man, right, who has come, will come to a nation, all right? And so now we come to, to number three, Genesis 49, Genesis 49, um, one actually, let me do Let me do, yeah, Genesis 49.1, okay? Genesis 49.1. Ready? Charge. Genesis 49.1. Genesis 49.1. All right. Oh, Daniel again. <laughs> All right. Okay, so here we are with Jacob. I'm sorry about that. I'm getting a little confused. But we're with Jacob, and Jacob is now blessing his sons in verse number 1. And he says, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Let me tell you what's going to happen through you in your future, okay? And, uh, and so verse number 2, if you're still there in Genesis 49, don't close your Bibles afterwards. Genesis 49, verse number 2. Gather yourselves together and hear ye, ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. All right, verse number 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet. All right, so, hey, Judah, from your, from your lineage is going to come the rulers of this nation. From your lineage, is, from your tribe, from the tribe of Judah, is always going to be the leadership of the Jews. Until, do you see there? Until Shiloh, capital S, Shiloh, the Messiah, shall come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Now eventually, somebody's going to come that's going to replace the tribe of Judah, and he's truly going to be the ruler of all mankind. We know, eventually, that every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. The man, the God, the incarnate, Jesus Christ, from the tribe of Judah, will come eventually, and every knee shall bow. We know that he came first 
at Bethlehem. And we know that one day he's coming again when this Shiloh will come and take place. What an amazing thing this is. So we have a, a man who has come to a nation from a tribe, specifically to a family. Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11, verse number 1. All right, Isaiah 11, 1. Ready? Go! Isaiah 11, 1. Widening my peripherals here. Oh, it's a hard one. Oh, I got Abby again. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hey, no whining. Okay, let's continue reading there. All right, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. So from Jesse is going to come the son David, and from David's lineage, we're going to be able to track all the way through, down till we have Jesus Christ. And so first, in a very high-level scene here, we see that Jesus Christ, is, he's predicted to come, he's going to come in man's form. As a man, male in gender, in human flesh, he's going to come, and he's going to come in a very big way, the big picture, as a man. Well, that's not very specific. Okay, well, he's going to come as a nation, to a nation, specifically. And he makes that promise to Abraham. And he's going to come to a tribe. And Israel and Judah are mentioned and it's brought up. But even a little bit further, the detail is drilled down so that we are not going to be confused with any other person. And here we have coming to a specific family. The lineage so easily traceable to this God coming down in man's form. It's an exciting thing to me. It's hard for me to even restrain myself as I begin to paint this picture and look at the fact that God, Almighty God, the Creator of heaven and earth, even while we were in our sin, He was considering who we are and what we needed. When we were without hope, he had it all painted out and laid out when, when we were the worst of worst. Knowing that we were going to take this beloved gift and, and brutally kill him. That he would come unto his own and that his own would receive him not. But still in his infinite love from the beginning of time as we've looked here all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. He begins to lay out the fact that I will send a redeemer. The incarnate Jesus Christ. And so he comes to a family. But even more detail. He's going to come in a specific town. You hear? Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Micah 5, 2. Go! Micah 5, 2.
just get it done, brother. We, we, we believe you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's failing. His memory's failing. All right. All right. The old memorized verse, all right? And, uh, and so good job there. Micah 5.2. Did you? Oh, he just threw his candy bar away. Micah 5.2. Are you still there? Look at that, Micah 5, 2. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. So we have this picture foretold, not just of Jesus Christ coming as a man and not just to a nation or a tribe or a family, but now we have specific detail that he's going to come and he's going to be in this city of Bethlehem born and that he is going to, even though this is a little tiny village among thousands of Judah, that he's going to come and he's been foretold from everlasting. This Redeemer, this Savior, this friend, some obscure little town, the man, Christ Jesus, coming from the streets of gold and the gates of pearl, seated at the right hand of the Father, coming from his heavenly throne, and descending. Who is man that thou art mindful? Who is man? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you leave that place to come here? Because he's a promised and prophesied Messiah who would have to come in human form. Finally, this evening, as we condense down, we see that he is prophesied to come at a specific time. And we can look here in Daniel chapter 9, verse 25. All right? Daniel chapter 9, verse 25. Go! Daniel 9, 25. This is my last candy bar. All right, brother. Noah? All right, Noah. Uh, that's not Daniel 9.25 in my Bible. All right, here we go. Okay, just stop there. You're in the right place. Thank you. We'll read this together. Everyone there, 9.25? Daniel 9.25, all right? We're looking at the, the prophecy of Daniel, and, and by no means are we going to get into this tonight, um, but we are just going to look at the fact that there was a time, a specific time prophesied that Jesus Christ would be born in flesh. And we see here 9 chapter 25, Now uh, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the, com the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublous times. All right, and so uh, this prophecy is going to take place. There's going to be a time period that starts from the time that Nehemiah begins to rebuild. All right, this is not Ezra. This is Nehemiah, and it's from the time that he's going to rebuild. That's when the the streets. Uh, up to that point, the instructions were to build the temple. All right, and so that's how we know we're into Nehemiah because he was rebuilding the walls, all right, and the streets, and it was a troublous time. The enemy was attacking, okay, and so we know that we're in the time of Nehemiah. And after three score and two weeks shall the Messiah be cut off, but not for himself, 
And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. You have two different time periods that are mentioned here. You have the rebuilding of the wall. That took, uh, that took Nehemiah seven sevens, all right? So 49 years, okay? And again, this is a lot to digest, but just this is, I'm going to tell you the facts here and we're just going to go with it. Um, and you can study this out, but seven sevens, it's 49 years through the building of the wall from Nehemiah's time. And then on top of that, it said here that there was going to be another three score in two weeks. That's 64 or 62 times seven. This equals 434 years. So we have a total time period here of 483 years. Then it's going to come the tribulation after that, another seven years. All right, and so that's the whole 490 years that comes from the book of Daniel. And so we have 483 years. Best they can understand, and look at this, if you calculate 483 years from the time of that prophecy, best they can calculate it, it comes up to the weekend where Jesus Christ would have been going through the gates. And they're crying, Hosanna. The time when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, will be cut off, but not for himself. Jesus Christ hung on the cross, crucified, God in flesh. Man, what an amazing thing as we look at this. And all of this here is for a purpose. It's for a purpose. And, and, and I just, if you'll just listen to me here, let me explain. And we understand the purpose, but this is so important. Why did he come? Why was he born in flesh? To be like man under law. To be like man under law. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. You and I were under a law that we could never get from out. We would strive and strive and strive, and yet the time of sacrifice would come year and year and year after that. But God said there will come a time that Jesus Christ, my Son, will come as the Lamb of God, and He will take away the sins of the world. In Galatians chapter 4, uh, we just read 4.4. 4. If you read the next verse there, Galatians 4 verse 5, it says, to redeem them that were under the law, that we may receive the adoption of sons. For what purpose? Why? Why do we celebrate Christmas? And why is it so important that we recognize that God became flesh? Oh man, it's an amazing thing because I don't have to go offer sacrifice anymore. Because I am no longer under that law. I couldn't get from out from underneath of that law. There is no goodness that I can do that will get me out from there. But God sent His Son that He would redeem us that were under the law. And that law could only be, shed, uh, could only be broken by the shedding of innocent, spotless blood. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, it says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. Almost all. Almost all. But that almost is going to be done away with. With Jesus Christ, all things can be shed, or can be covered by that blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And so the only solution... God taking human form. 
In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 5, it says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body, a body thou hast prepared me. A body. God, the Father, the Lamb isn't going to cut it anymore, and I understand. Nobody forced me to do this. I lay this down of my own will. Here's my body. Broken, spilled out. It's yours. I sacrifice myself for the sin of mankind. And I trust this evening that you have placed your faith and trust for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He has shed that blood. He's been prophesied from the beginning of this book to the end of it that God would come in flesh, Christ incarnate. And if you've called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, you have been bought with the precious blood of Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. As of a lamb without blemish, And without spot, you have been purchased. So here we see an amazing picture painted for us. Who Jesus Christ is. God in flesh. It's my wallet here. and Inside of my wallet is my identification. In my past, there may or may not have been times when the guy with Christmas lights on the top of his car pulled me over to wish me Merry Christmas. No. All right. And uh, (laughs) he came up to the window of my car and he asked for something. What was in this wallet and some other paperwork out of the glove box. And he took that card. And he'd take that card and he'd go back to his car or maybe on his radio and he'd call in. He'd call into into a database and say, I got a guy here. You know, six foot, little bit of weight, and this is this, and there, and the eyes, and you know, and he'd confirm that everything matches up, and he'd come back to the car and and hopefully say, you know, everything looks good here, you know, and I'll let you off with a warning. <laughs> uh, we can hope. Jesus Christ, or God, gave us a database. A database that would reveal an an identification. A man. It's the best Middle Eastern man I could pick, I guess. Born from a as a as 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 a man. You see there his gender is male. You see that he was born to a nation. You see that he had a tribe, a race. He was born to a family and he had a name. He was born in a town, the city of Bethlehem. And at a given time, his birthday. And we have this database so we can identify who Jesus Christ truly is. God in flesh. And this is really just what I want to take, want you to take away from this evening. Christ identified as a man so that we can be identified 
in heaven. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, and verse 21. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, it says, For our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Our conversation. Can I, can I just encourage you and challenge you just for a couple moments here as we close out this service? There's all kinds of things today where people identify as whatever they want to identify. But God said, I, I want, there's, there's a very important doctrine that I want you to understand in, in, in this book of absolute truth. Yeah, there might be false identities in this world, but when it comes to this book, there is nothing falsely identified. And he said that I, wanna, I want to introduce you to somebody who's got a very important identification. His name is Jesus Christ. And he's going to come as a man, and he's going to come to this nation. He's going to come from this tribe, and he's going to come to this family, and he's going to be born at this place, and he's going to be born at this time. And he's to be born for the purpose of lifting you from the bondage that you're in, that you can't get out of yourself. I want you to know who he is. I want you to understand that he is true, and that he is real, and that he is God. He's not just another man, as some would suppose him. He's not Muhammad. He's not Buddha. He's not a body that's still rotting around in a grave. He would be Jesus Christ, God in flesh. And I'm sending him to you. And I want you to know who he is. I don't want this to be a mystery. I don't want you to have to wonder about it. I'm sending him to you so that you can know exactly who he is. I want to identify him clearly so you can get to know him and begin a personal relationship with him so that your identification can be changed. Because when I was born, I was born with an ID that said my conversation, my testimony, my identification was eternity in hell. But Christ came in flesh and dwelt among us. The incarnation of Jesus Christ. The fact that he left heaven and came to earth and put on this vile form so that you and I could have eternal life. You know, there's a lot of things that happen in life that can weigh you down. There's a lot of things that can discourage you. There's a lot of things that can, that can just, you know, cause your day to just drag on and you can feel miserable. There's a lot of despair out in the world and you can look at all the things on the news and the media and you can look at your family and maybe say, oh man, here's some problems here and here. And There's so much around us that we can look and identify around us that just cause discouragement. Well, you're here as the family of Christ, Community Baptist Temple on a Wednesday night. And I want to just encourage you with the great hope we have in Jesus Christ. <laughs> not because of anything that I've done. And not because I don't deserve to have a miserable life. But because the fact that we can identify a man who was God. It changes everything. It changes what I identify as. If we go to our sick world, there are so many people that will literally mutilate their bodies because of what they identify as. 
change their whole being, their form. Try to shape shift. And we say, well, it's kind of radical, kind of crazy. Well, they believe it, and so they just bind into it, and they're blinded by the God of this world. How far would you go for Jesus Christ? What are you willing to change? Shape shift. Not against the laws of nature and of God, but to the image of His Son. You see, all through Scripture, Christ identified who Jesus Christ was in all of these areas so we could know who He is and what we should become. So be holy as I am holy. I just want to encourage us. There is so much opportunity around us for us to be a light in this world. If we will look like the one so clearly identified that we are celebrating right now this time of year, Jesus Christ, God in flesh, the incarnate from Genesis all the way through, laid out as clear as can be. What do you look like this evening? What's your identification? I trust you can identify as adopted, child of God. If not, you can do that tonight. He stands there with a new birth certificate for you, an opportunity to be born again. Maybe you could just look at your life and maybe you're going through something that's discouraging you. It's, this time of year is a time of celebration for many, but for some it's also a time of grief. I want to encourage you that there is hope, even though there might be some loss that you have suffered or something that discourages you in the Christmas season. Hey, I want you to remember that you have the greatest hope in the world because of what we're celebrating right now, Christ incarnate. Maybe there's something else that's just holding you back from really committing to serve the Lord. Hopefully, His sacrifice will inspire you to take another step and do a little bit more for the cause of Christ. Because even as Brother Marty mentioned a little bit ago, it was the love of Christ that brought Him to us, and He loved us first, and I love Him because He first loved me, and So will his love constrain me? Will it move me? Will it push me to do something for him? And I know that love because Christ is incarnate. He's God that became flesh, giving me and you a perfect example that we can walk in his steps. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this evening? Father, we do thank you for tonight and just for this simple truth about who you are, Christ incarnate. That you became flesh for us. Lord, I know there's so many things in life that can pull at us and tug at us, but may we always be able to look back and identify and know who we are because of what you've done. Because we know you personally and we can look in this database and identify you as our personal Lord and Savior. Lord, may we not forget in all of the tradition and all of the movement and all the celebration. Lord, may we specifically and intentionally pause throughout this Christmas season to truly worship you. Identifying you for who you are should just cause us, even as we hear in all these songs, to adore you. May we do that. May we be mindful not to be burdened down with 
all of the celebrating that we forget who we're celebrating. Father, we thank you for this perfect picture that's cast for us this evening so that we can be challenged once again from your word. Would you stand with me this evening as the piano begins?